Hi everyone, welcome to Weird is the New Normal. I'm Brooke Owen. Join me as we listen to people who live everyday lives with struggles that we normally don't talk about. Today the person we're going to be listening to is my friend Jessie. A little while ago, I approached Jesse with some questions about the Black Lives Matter movement, how to support people of color, and what I could do to make a positive difference. Now, I do have to tell you, my friend Jesse is the only person I know of on the planet who is whiter than I am. But I'm going to let her explain why she is in a unique position to help me and hopefully everyone else understand a little bit more about the racism that is still present in our country and what white people can do to help make a positive change. I would also like to say up front that neither one of us are affiliated with any sort of group and we do not align ourselves with any sort of group surrounding this topic. We are strictly speaking from our own experience and our own opinions, not with any sort of organized group. Hi, Jesse. Hi. Brooke asked me to come and talk about this. I am white. Um, I have been married to my husband, who is black. And I use the term black people because my husband does not like to be called African-American. And so he says that he's black and that's what he wants to be referred to. So that's what I say. So I can only speak to my own experience and our own lives. So uh, we have been together for over 21 years. And so she wanted me to come and speak to her on the role of white people in the current social situation that we are experiencing. We were discussing this and you had some really eye-opening things for me, which I know you said them to me during Ferguson. I know you did. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I probably have. And I didn't get, like, at that point, I didn't get it. I was one of those people who was like, oh, lives matter! And you know, all, all those other stupid things. But for some reason, this time, like, what you were saying really, like, helped me change what I was thinking. So, obviously, you started dating your husband 21 years ago. I did. Um, was that eye-opening for you? You know, it was, because I grew up in a small town where, like, everybody was white. Like, the only time we ever saw people of color was going to, you know, another town 30 minutes away if we went to a store or a restaurant. I mean, in high school, there were a set of biracial kids that came. That was it. That was my exposure to any kind of people of color at all. And so it was really eye-opening to me because whenever I met him, I just almost instantly loved him. And I didn't know how that was possible, you know, because obviously we're from two different worlds, I'm thinking at the time, you know. And yeah, there were some struggles in the beginning. I mean, a lot of my family took issue with that and I was uh, not in contact with a lot of my family for a long time because I had to choose and um, I chose him and finally you know most of my family came around and everything's good now you know my family loves him 
Um, I'm talking immediate family. I still have family that I have cut off, um, you know, for uh, obvious race reasons, you know, uh, racism occurring. And so, uh, but that didn't matter to me. I didn't care what other people had to say about him. You know, I knew who he was. And that's all that mattered to me at that point was it was not about his skin color. It wasn't about where he came from. It wasn't his background. It wasn't my my background. It was just, you know, the two of us. So. Yeah. I love watching the two of you together because, you you know, you said it's been 21 years and not easy years, obviously, in a, you know, a lot of aspects. No relationship is easy. Um but you two are still so stinking cute. I can't even <laughs> handle it. Like, yeah. I just love it. Yeah, I love him. He is he's really a great person, you know. He is just my absolute best friend. He's great. Yeah. So having the 21 years of experience, so now it's almost longer than you were without him. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I've been with him for more of my life than I've been without him. Yeah. yeah. So you've been living in this reality, which is different than the one that, I experienced and the one that you experienced before you were with him. Yes. I know that it's not something that's easy for you to talk about, but a lot of people don't necessarily believe that racism exists anymore, especially when they're raised in situations like you and I were, where it's very rare to see a person of color. Yeah. So would you mind just giving some general examples? You don't have to go into specifics because I know it's it's not an easy topic for you to talk about. Yeah, no. I am done being quiet about it so we've had lots and lots of situations in the 21 years that we've been together so when we're in a a situation or a setting where it's predominantly white people um, you can tell sometimes that people may be nervous or think that maybe he doesn't belong there and my whiteness has to validate his existence my whiteness has to um has to be there for him to be relevant in the situation. So, like, you're having to vouch for him. Basically. Yeah, like, I constantly... I need to be with him in order for it to be okay for him to be in certain situations or certain places. Otherwise, he's often, you know, looked at like maybe he doesn't belong there or people are frightened or... You know, people don't think that he belongs. Yeah. So that was the first thing that really made me start thinking was when you said that, you know, wouldn't you, you know, is, isn't your initial gut reaction all to be a little bit afraid of him? And I went, oh my gosh. Yeah. Because he's so not threatening ever. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. His, the way he looks doesn't match with who he is as a not person. Not at all. And so I think that, you know, and everybody does it. Everybody judges somebody off your initial, the way they look, mm-hmm. you know, everybody does that. But the fact that, like, like you said, like, I have to vouch for him, like, I'm his co-signer. Yeah. Shouldn't be an issue. No. I have been called horrible names. <laughs> and I've witnessed him be being called horrible names. And um, uh, just like as a, I guess, an example of... Um, we were in Walmart and uh, we had done our grocery shopping and we got everything loaded in and I picked up my purse and I realized that the candy apple dipping kit that he <laughs> had picked up, he had sat it in the front of the cart 
before I walked up to the cart and I sat my person and on top of it and I didn't even realize I did it. And we get out to the car and he goes, oh man, we forgot to pay for this. And I'm like, seriously, it was a dollar. Like, I think Walmart's going to survive. And he's like, no, I won't be able to sleep tonight. So I'm like, you do what you got to do. I'm getting in the car. So he takes his candy apple kit and his receipt and he's walking back into Walmart. And as he's walking in, somebody is walking out and the guy looks at him and says, well, there goes the neighborhood. You know, obviously the guy didn't know that my husband's going back in to Walmart to pay for a $1 item that he overlooked, that we overlooked. You know, we've also had, I shouldn't say we, he has had experiences with the police, you know. I mean, he's been pulled over and they took him out of the car, sat him on the side of the road and made him take his shoes off while they ran all of his information. Um, He's been pulled over in front of our house and questioned as to what he was doing in that neighborhood and he's like it's my house like i live here and the officer of course wants to look at his id he wants to you know question him about all of these things and um actually just the other day the cops got called by our neighbor and we had nothing to do with it my husband was just out there talking to the neighbor and the officer pulls up and he uh he radios in and he says uh, I'm standing here with and he gives my husband's full name and he says he's an African American male and that's all he says he didn't say anything about our two white neighbors the ones that reported the ones that called the ones that are making the report um, and it's just situations like that that you you know that you get in and you go why would you have had to say that? Why did, you know, why did this happen? Why would you do that? You wouldn't have treated me that way, you know, because I'm, I'm white. So, you know, you felt you had to radio in and tell dispatch or a, another officer or whatever that you're standing here with an African-American male and you don't bother to take down anybody else's names and he wasn't even the complainant. He's standing in our driveway because the neighbor came over to talk to him, you know, And a lot of these things, like, obviously, you're not going to go back and, you know, tell your family, like, well, guess what happened? Well, guess what happened, you know? And I I think that is one of the reasons that people don't think that racism exists, that Mm -hmm. that's not true. If that's not true, that didn't happen. Well, maybe that's their procedure. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Maybe you misunderstood (laughs) that. Right. You know? I think that's one of the reasons why um, people who say they're, you know, racism is not still alive and well say that because I think oftentimes you're either maybe not so much afraid to tell people, mm-hmm. but because of you don't want to hear people's responses to what you tell them. You tell them, this happened to me. And I think a lot of times people will have the tendency to turn it back on you and say, well, that wasn't racism. Maybe maybe that's just the way they do things. Maybe that's just this. Maybe that's just that. And we'll deny the fact that this situation happened to you because you are black. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I also think that you're told, oh, well, you just you just love to still feel oppressed. You know, you just still you, you're just still holding on to that. No, this actually happened to me, you know, and so I think a lot of times that's why our friends and our family don't know when situations happen Mm -hmm. is because for one, you just, 
don't go and tell everybody. Because the gaslighting has been so common. Right. And in addition to that, another reason that you might not tell people, I mean, of course, could be like, my husband wouldn't go tell his mom because, you know, you don't, it hurts. Yeah. You know, it hurts your family when you tell them that these things happen to you. So I think that gaslighting is a good, you know, it's a good point. And I think that it happens. Yeah. And then I think that that is part of the silence. Mm-hmm. Is that you be quiet, you stay quiet about it. You don't tell me about your experiences because it makes people uncomfortable. You don't want to hear about it. And then, you know, you're told that, no, those experiences didn't actually happen to you. Whenever, you know, somebody, you're at a stoplight and when the light turns green, the passenger sticks his head out the window, you know, and, and yells out the N-word to you, you know, like, you just don't go around telling people all of those things. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's time to stop being quiet and letting people know, you know, yes, it does still exist. And I've experienced this, this, and this, and please stop minimizing it. Yeah. You're never going to be able to change somebody's heart. You're not going to be able to change the way somebody thinks, but it's time to start putting people in their place and saying, yes, this does happen. Yeah. This does exist. I, I will say you have changed my heart to a huge extent because I didn't think I was racist. And I, you know, I I would never, you know, hire fire somebody because of their skin color. There are things that I'm reflecting back on, especially as a kid and a younger adult that I did. And I'm going, oh, I had no idea what I was doing, which is the scary part, you know? And, and I think... Black people and and people who are in your position have been quiet for so long. It's about being honest and pulling things out so so a group of people doesn't have to live in pain and fear anymore. Because that's not acceptable. We live in the 21st century, for goodness sake. That's not something that should be happening. We should be able to create a society, you know, as... And that's why I'm starting this podcast, you know, weird is the new normal. Let's create a new normal that is weird and we're proud of it. Let's create a new normal where there's not a subculture or dozens of subcultures that have to live in fear and pain constantly. That's not, you know, I I knew you guys for how long before we went on that float trip? Oh, four. Yeah, I don't even know. Like it, it was, yeah, it, was a long time. it was years. Yeah, and that was the first time I ever saw an individual being blatantly racist to anybody. For everybody listening, I'm going to go into a little bit more detail we were on a float trip and it was it was the most ridiculous float trip ever we ran into copperheads there was like no water in the river so we were walking 90 percent of the time it was ridiculous but um we had just gotten to a part of the river where we could really float and some i'm going to severely edit myself here some person who does not understand life um, which is the nicest thing I can say about them, chucked a full can of, I forget if it was beer or soda, it was but, soda. um, chucked a full can, uh, at your husband. Mm-hmm. We were floating as like a whole group, everybody except your husband and your kids were white in the group. It wasn't like you guys were by yourselves. It was, he, he had a huge group around him and they still threw a can at him and said something nasty, which I'm glad I just don't necessarily remember exactly what it was. Do you, but I, I don't, it was but, nasty. Um, but whenever that happened, 
I mean, you could look and you could see the the change, you know. Mm-hmm. You could feel what was happening and why it was happening. Yeah. And so I think as much as I hated when that happened, um, I think that was good for, for you to see and for mm-hmm. everybody in my family to see because that is, that's our reality. And, you know, at that point in time, we should have been, we should have been at a point in our society now mm-hmm. where obviously we couldn't put that person in their place and we couldn't defend ourselves. I mean, obviously they had the higher ground being up on land and we're down in this river. And right. I mean, like, you know, you're at a point where you can either be just as ugly back mm-hmm. or you just move on. But we're at a point in our society now where that person who threw that and said what they said should have been put in his place by his peers, by his friends, by his family. Yeah. And I think that we all need to do that. We all need to be at a point where we can say, you know, that's not right that you did that. Or, you know, I'm not that way. And mm-hmm. I won't allow you to treat somebody else like that. Yeah, absolutely. And not be afraid to stand up on our own and stand for what's right. Yeah. Well, because I was, I was really, really mad. Like, I wanted to go beat the person. Like, uh-huh. he was a lot bigger than me, but I wanted to go, like cuss him out and you know you you and your husband were just like just you know just let it go just let it go yeah and that was really eye-opening to me too because then you know we've had little conversations since then Sunday being the biggest one where that's just what you do you just have to let it go because the person the people that that person's with who could have actually made the difference didn't put them in their place they didn't say wow you are a jerk right like yeah and you know, like, when that happened, had you guys not all been there and witnessed that, you would have never known that it happened. You know what I mean? Like, we wouldn't have told you guys about it. It wouldn't have been something that we brought up. I mean, I don't think in all the time, in all the years that you've known us, have you heard me or my husband complain. And um, I think what speaks the most about my husband's character is um, after that happened we were talking about it privately and I said, were you so embarrassed when that happened? And he said, no, why would I be embarrassed? I didn't do anything wrong. They should be embarrassed. You know, and that's, and that's the kind of person he is genuinely because he has dealt with, with racism far longer than I have. You know, he said, you know, I'm used to it. I've dealt with it my whole life. And, you know, if you keep, you know, worry about every single thing, he's like, worry will kill you. And, and he's right, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, some things you just have to let go, but we should not have to still be dealing with this stuff Yeah. in this day and age. Well, and, and it, it shouldn't be the responsibility of, you know, where your husband feels like he can't or shouldn't or doesn't want to talk about things because he should be the bigger person. Right. And that is absolutely, I mean... It, it, first of all, is absolutely the person he is. I mean, you know him. And oh, he's, yeah. He's always the bigger person. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not his job, and it should not be his place mm-hmm. to constantly be the bigger person and excuse your racism. Exactly. It shouldn't be. And it may not even be something intentional. Like I said, I know I've done things as I've looked back and gone, wow, I was so ignorant. And I just didn't look at it. And, and, you know, I may have even said something to, to your husband at some point, which, you know, I get, I hope not, I, I but think, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think you did at one point, I think you used a term that you thought was okay. 
And I immediately told you that it was not. And I mean, I think that that is important is that mm-hmm. it's, it's important to stand up and say like, look, that's not what you say. You don't do that. Oh, I yeah. remember that situation now. And, I remember um, what you're referring to. Yeah. You know, you don't say those things. You don't do those things. And I think that's important for us as individuals to do. But I also think it's important as us as individuals to do the thing that you're doing. And that is to have that growth mindset and say, look, I've done things in the past. I didn't know, but I'm learning and now I know better. And I think that's important for all of us to do. But that's, that's hard as an adult. That's mm-hmm. hard for you to say like, okay, I might have been wrong. I might have overreacted. I think that you have a tendency to let ego get in the way and you go, oh, well, I, I certainly couldn't be wrong about this. You know, mm-hmm. surely my parents didn't teach me wrong. Surely I didn't learn this from whoever, you know, whatever it may be that is in your way. And so I think that's great that you're willing to, you know, say I may have done this, but it was it wasn't because I'm racist. It's because I just didn't know. Yeah. Well, and I think that's something that and thank you for the compliment. Um, I am going to point out four years ago when we, I know we had conversations like this. Yeah. I was not there yet. And I was one of those people that was just, you know, mm-hmm. not willfully ignorant, but I didn't want to look at my ignorance because I felt like I, I felt like I was not even that I was right. And I don't even know how to explain it, but just that I didn't feel like I'd ever been the aggressor, I guess. Uh-huh. And yeah. And I think that, that, that's probably, you know, not like a hundred percent anyone's fault. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we live in a society that's so, that has such a focus on your feelings are important. Mm-hmm. And so you have this huge idea that your feelings are so important that your feelings outweigh any truth or fact. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all let that get in the way of, you know, of learning and growing. Yeah. Is it because you think your feelings matter more than the truth? So it's not that feelings aren't important, right? Because feelings are very important. (laughs) But it's that people are putting feeling comfortable in front of looking at the truth and potentially admitting that they didn't understand something. Not necessarily that they were even wrong, but that they just didn't understand something before and really looking at things a different way. Right. Why do you think a lot of people don't think that racism still exists? Well, I think that a lot of people think that, okay, well, they freed the slaves and we've had the civil rights movement and everything's fair and good and there's not colored water fountains anymore and so it's over with. And you think that everything is, you know, fair and square. And I think that if it doesn't directly affect you, you don't even look at it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that goes back also to the silence of you staying quiet and you not saying this happened to me, this happened to me, and that happened to me, and you just being quiet. So then nobody knows that it happened. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, the civil rights movement is over and, you know, <laughs> we don't have separates anymore. And it's it's now legal to marry someone of another race and and that's all fine and well. But racism still exists it still is alive and well well i think we need to remember that that stuff people who and this was a really big revelation to me a couple of months ago martin luther king jr's peers are still alive yes and 
functioning in society. They're not like old, decrepit people in a home somewhere. No. They're not as old as my generation, or maybe it's just me. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. But as I, you know, that wasn't as long ago as I picture in my head. Right. Yeah. And, and that's absolutely right. I was going to speak on that is, um, you know, people think that this happened 400 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, long before they were in existence. No, our parents lived through this, you mm-hmm. know, our grandparents lived through this. And I've had a lot of in-depth conversations with my grandpa about, you know, these kinds of things happening. And, um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, he, if he had not been assassinated, he could still be living. Absolutely. Easily. Oh yeah. Easily. Yeah. Because I think I read somewhere that like, I don't know, Martin Luther King Jr. and Anne Frank were like born in the same year and then they were yeah. Yeah, that blew my mind. Yeah, they, yeah, were, they were the, born in the same year as, and I can't remember who else they said, but it was like, you know, somebody famous, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't happen that long ago. And actually, um, being married in an interracial relationship, I did, well, I've homeschooled my kids their entire life, and we were doing a, uh, a you know, a study packet on the Lovings, Richard and uh, Mildred Loving, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, how they were an like interracial couple, and they fought for, you know, it to be legal for everyone. Thank you to the Lovings. Um, and I found that one of the states in the here in the United States, it was illegal up until, like, 2010, I think? What? In one of the southern states. Like, it was still illegal for white people and black people to marry yeah i mean it's, it's just crazy that people think it was so long ago and, and it and it wasn't yeah it, it wasn't that long ago at all and i think we have to you know that can help people and maybe that's why i was more ready this time to talk about because like i distinctly remember you saying similar things to me back in, you know, four years ago when everything went down with Ferguson, which is, you know, not too far from where we live. And, um, you know, but I was, I I didn't hear it. I I heard it. I was, you know, I was upset, but it it didn't. Well, and if it doesn't, and if it doesn't play a part in your reality, I think oftentimes, um, you know, what reality is subjective. It's just, you know. So, I mean, if it doesn't directly affect you, you have the tendency to just kind of, like I said, not look at it. Yeah, there's other things going on. Right. So, we were talking about why race matters when we were when you were talking to me on Sunday and talking about how we can't just use the term, you know, I'm I'm colorblind. That was a big one that I that I used to, you know, really buy into was I, I don't see color. I really don't care what color your skin is. So why is race important and not, and why should we, why is that inherently misleading? Well, I mean, when people say I'm colorblind, you know darn good and well that's not true. You see my husband and you go, he's black. <laughs> you know. Especially when you see two, the two of you together. Right. Like, you can't not notice. All right. There's a huge contrast. I don't believe that. When people say, I'm colorblind. No, you see color. You know there's a difference. So don't say that. But if you say, I see that you're black, but that doesn't affect the way I feel about you. I feel that that is more 
validating to you as a person, to the other person, and to um, the end of racism as we know it. Is, yeah, I see your color, but it doesn't matter to me. I see your color, it's not going to change the way I feel about you. And so I think that, obviously, saying you're colorblind is dangerous. Because Mm -hmm. you're acting like racism you're alluding to the fact that maybe racism doesn't exist, but like honoring the differences between the races and saying that's so beautiful, I think is so much more powerful than I'm colorblind. Well, and would you say that, you know, colorblind indicates you can't see. Right. Whereas, especially now when we have the opportunity, when more people are willing to talk, and listen, more importantly, listen, would you say that, you know, to to say, I see you and I value your differences, would that allow people to talk more about what they're experiencing? I think so. I mean, I think if, if you're willing to say, okay, I need to know from you because you're black, I need to know from you what can I do? What have I done wrong? What can I say? You know, teach me something or vice versa. I, you know, you're white. Teach me something about you, you know, like tell me something, you know, anything, just something to like, you know, celebrate each other and to learn the differences and not care about that and be able to work past it. Yeah. Do you watch The Neighborhood? It's about a white couple that moves into a predominantly black neighborhood. And uh, they were discussing the use of washcloths and the fact that white people don't use them. And, in, you know, and obviously that's, it's overgeneralizing things. But the fact that white people don't use them and black people use them in the shower. And, um, you know, just things, little things like that. It doesn't have to be always these heavy topics, but... The cultures are different, even if we live next door to each other. Oh, absolutely. Um, Even when you live together, I know, well, for me, like, whenever I look at my husband, obviously I see that he's black. I mean, it's not like I go, oh, hey, everybody, this is my black husband. It's not like when he comes to bed at night, I go, oh, look at my black husband. I love you. You know, it's it's not like that. It's, it's, I see it, but it's weird because I see it, but it's not something I think about. You know, it's like, like if I had a list of things to describe about him, that wouldn't be in my top five. I'm not even sure it would be in my top ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so much more than the color of his skin. But speaking to cultural differences, I mean, that is one of the things that, you know, we really struggled with in the beginnings of our marriage is that our cultures are so different. And so you either you know, look past it and just go, okay, well, he does his thing and I do my thing. Or you do what I've done. And that is, you know, okay, well, why does he do this? Why is this, you know, and you, you learn about, you know, why he does these things, because this is part of his culture or or why he thinks this, because that's part of his culture, because, you know, we are very different. And so I think everybody can do that. They don't have to be your spouse for you to do that. And, I mean, that's funny that you you talk about the washcloth thing because we've had an (laughs) argument very similar to this. (laughs) And uh, he he calls a washcloth a, uh, what does he call it? 
a hand towel or a face yeah, towel? Yeah, something yeah. like that. He calls it like a face towel or something. Anyway, I always say he'll hey, you hand me a face towel, and I'm like, you mean a washcloth or a wash <laughs> rag or something? I call it, and yeah, so it's just different. Yeah, and, and it's okay. Well, and how, like we're it seems like with culture right now, we're trying to. I almost used the term whitewash, but that's I terrible in context. Well, you know, like, yeah. but but really, like, we're trying to kind of smooth things over, and and we don't want to see differences, and differences make us uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. I mean, then we get a really boring society without any depth, because you know we don't, you know, he can use his hand towel, and I can use my washcloth, or mm-hmm. you know, if we don't talk about these things. Mm-hmm we get a really surface-level society, which I think is ugly and dangerous. Right. And speaking on that, like, as far as cultural differences go and, like, you know, whitewashing everything so everything's the same and everything's good is, like, you know, I come from the country. So, like, you know, we're out doing things outside and hunting and fishing and camping and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and so he has really gotten into, like, he goes hunting with my dad, and, you know, he loves to camp, and, you know, he does all the outdoor country stuff, and, um, you know, he's had people tell him before, like, what are you doing? Like, black people don't do that. Like, th- that's not a black person thing. Like, that's a white people, you know? I'm like, no, it's not. He's, you know, I'll do what I want to do. <laughs> Regardless of my skin color, I'm allowed to do those those other things, you know? And, and I think that that should be noticed as well. Like, there aren't black people things and white people things Mm -hmm. it's not like we all have to stay in our own corners it's not like you know this is a sign to you and this is a sign to me well because really how is that fundamentally different than saying this is my drinking fountain and this is your drinking fountain right but exactly i mean i don't want to yeah make light of that but right oh you're absolutely right because it is it's it's different cultures the the good thing about being different is that we can learn from each other. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the first part of my conversation with Jesse. Please listen to the part two of our conversation for suggestions from her of what white people can do to support people of color.